Actually, as it turns out, the place that we are in Acts really fits in well with this morning in terms of it being a covenant service because it's all about, um, all about what the church was doing in Jerusalem, that early church. So I want to start with a prayer and then I'm going to read the scripture for you. Father, we would ask, Lord, that our hearts would be open to you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would take your word and place it deep in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that he would fire our imagination, he would fire our understanding, that we might understand more of who Jesus is, Lord, and who we are in him, and how we should be, Lord, as your people. Lord, we ask that your spirit would continue to move on each one of us as we hear your word, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you bless it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a very short piece of scripture this morning. So, Now many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And all the believers used to meet together with one accord in Solomon's porch. Even though they were highly regarded by the people, no one else dared to join them. Nevertheless, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow may fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds of people came from the towns around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. It's quite an incredible thing when you read this, this early church and the power of God that was manifest among them. This was a church that was powerful, and I don't believe it was anything to do with their own strength. If you remember back in um, chapter 3, they prayed after they had been... um, They'd been imprisoned, they'd been before the Sanhedrin. The whole church got together and they prayed to God and they said, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They'd asked that God would do this for them. And I think that we should be praying those sorts of prayers, that God would do signs and wonders among us, that he would bring healing, that he would do other things among us. I was interested to read, uh, to actually to listen to someone who's quite a, um, an evangelical, quite staunch, quite Calvinistic, a guy called John Piper, and he was preaching on this verse, and he was saying, you know, people today say we don't need signs and wonders, but if the apostles needed them to confirm the word, surely we do. This is what he was saying, and I was surprised that he actually believed that signs and wonders should be for today. And I believe that should be part of our praying, that God would move in power, not only to to heal, but also to save, to reach out to the lost, because the signs and wonders are to confirm the word, they're not to make us look good. But we see, when we see what was going on here, I mean, it's remarkable. Here they are together. They're not right in the centre of the, the temple. This is more on the outskirts. Now, the temple was much like a city within the city, and there were... Um, there, was, there were streets and courtyards around and there were places where the Levites would, would, um, would go and stay when they came to minister. And it's, well, I think it was Josephus, who's one of the early Jewish historians, said that 
In Solomon's uh, portico or porch or whatever you want to call it, it was a place where all the rabbis used to come together to teach, the, to teach their, 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 um, their students. And they, they would all come there and teach. So this would have been a busy place. And you think it's been a place where people would have been coming through with animals to be sacrificed. There was a lot going on here. And here we have this group of believers that meet together, maybe as many as, as 5,000 by this time, at some, sometimes at least if they all gathered together. All gathered together in this, in this big area, praising God. And all these signs and wonders, we're not even told what these signs and wonders are that the apostles did. Luke doesn't tell us what they were. I assume a lot of them were healing, but we're not told exactly what they were. But these signs and wonders were going on among them. And it's interesting to see how, although the people regarded them highly, they, no one else dared to join them. Now, this may be something to do with what happened, what we heard about last week with, with Ananias and Sapphira. They may have heard that this is a dangerous place to be. God is here. And if you do the wrong thing, you might get struck down. It may be some of that. There may have been some fear from that. But also, if you think about this, this was the very place where where Peter and John had gone to preach um, after the man at the, blind, at the beautiful gate had been healed, it was from there that they were grabbed and they were told never to preach again. They were doing this right in the middle of a place where the authorities were, where there would be temple police looking out for them. They were doing it right there, not under, not under cover in some way. So... Those people who were around, who perhaps were interested, and who saw what was going on among these people, they no doubt had a thought, what's going to happen if I happen to, to go with those people? What's going to happen to me? And I think that for some of them, that although they, they could see the wonderful things God was doing, not only in healing and things, but this was a people who came together, who who were a real community, and we've read before how they shared everything together, that they met together in one another's homes, that, that this, was a, this was like the new people of God, it was the new people of God, right there in the temple. So there must have been a great draw to that, but many found that they were held back. But then it says, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but it's easy to want to make things easy for people to come. You know, we, we, we think if we make it easy, they will come. But actually, there was every reason for people not to come. And yet they still came because the Spirit was still moving and still drawing them to, to, to himself. But it wasn't just happening in the temple. Although there was all these miracles happening here and people were believing... That wasn't the only place. It was also happening on the streets. Can you imagine the apostles walking down the streets and all these people have put their, their, their sick, waiting for, waiting for Peter, even Peter's shadow to cast upon them, waiting to be healed. They, they had seen that the power of God was with these people. And so it even, it even went out onto the streets as well. So it wasn't just that they were worshipping in a temple and therefore God was there in power. This was happening out on the streets where maybe God shouldn't be working, but he was. He was doing things there. 
And then we see that there are crowds that were coming from the towns around Jerusalem. And they were bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed. How often that word, that, that little phrase we heard there was said about Jesus, that the sick came to Jesus and all of them were healed. We hear it again and again. And now we see this people that are empowered by the Spirit of God, who are now Jesus embodied in a body. And now God was working through them. Now it does seem strange that, that it was only through the apostles' hands that this seemed to be happening at this time. And later on we see in Acts that other people are used by God to bring healing. But at this time it seemed to have been the apostles. And Peter seems to have been the main one that he was using. I want us to see that this was a church that was a united church. It was not only powerful, but it was united. Now, in a lot of the versions, I've read a number of versions, it says they just met all together. They met together in Solomon's portico or colonnade. And others say they met together with one accord. And I was looking this up, being, you know, digging in because there was this difference. And the word can mean they were all of one mind. And we see again and again in, in Acts this idea of them being all of one mind, that there was a deep unity amongst the people. And that's where God's blessing lies, where there is unity, where God's people are united. That's where God's blessing comes. So these people were a people who were united, and it showed out to those around them. I think someone quoted earlier about see how much they love one another. I think it was you, wasn't it, Liz, from the song? And I'm sure that was part of the draw of what was happening there. So a unity of mind, but they're also a unity of place, a community that were gathered together. And this was a bold church. They had prayed for boldness earlier on, and God had given them boldness. Boldness to be there right in front of the authorities right where they were going to get themselves into trouble. And as we see later, they will do. I don't know about you, but I think the greatest thing that I lack in my life is boldness. Being bold for Jesus is something that does not come easy to me. And I know that Liz spoke on this a um, a few weeks ago about boldness and about praying for boldness. They prayed for boldness and God gave them boldness. And throughout scripture you find Paul telling, uh, telling uh, different people to pray for him that he would be bold, that he would, he would have the words to say when he went before people, to pray for him for boldness. And I think as a church we should pray for one another that we might have that holy boldness. And that we wouldn't see that this is something that's supposed to be done out of the way somewhere, but that this is something that God wants to spread out to all those around us. And this was a growing church. This was a church that was on fire. They'd, they'd all seen Jesus, and nearly, probably nearly all the people who were gathering there at some time had come across Jesus. And of course the, the apostles had been with Jesus for the three years. And this church was a growing church. The Spirit of God was moving. He was confirming things with signs and wonders. And this was a church that was growing. But I don't believe that... We, we, we've talked a lot this morning, or we've sung a lot this morning, about 
all of this being about Jesus, not about us. And I think sometimes when we hear a word that, that, that shows how, how much God was doing at that time, we can start to feel, oh, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. But I think the only thing that we can do as God's people is to throw ourselves upon Jesus. We already have all that we need in terms of salvation. We already have everything. He's given us every gift that we need. We just need to pray that God would move in his power through us. Can you imagine the excitement of these people when they gathered together? They, They knew that God was going to do something. And I think I heard the word expectation somewhere along this morning as well, that there should be a holy expectancy among us. That when we come together, we should be expecting that God... I think it was actually Barry's, Barry's little song about expecting a miracle every day. But that, shouldn't that be us? Shouldn't that be our attitude, that we should expect a miracle? Uh, I've been, I've, I think I said to you maybe last week how intercession is probably something that I've been terrible at all my life. And just in the recent two or three weeks, God's been touching my heart in that area and, and showing me that I really need to intercede for people. And I think that we in the West, and I can only talk for myself, we can easily get caught up with so many other things that we forget the most important thing, and that's to pray. That's to pray. I look around and I see people who are so hard-hearted against God, whose hearts have become callous. They, they, they have so many ideas that just block out any idea of God. I see it in my own family. I see people like that. And it doesn't matter how good an argument you put, because that won't get through. It's only God's spirit working and drawing and enabling them to see so that they can make that decision for themselves. And as a church, I believe that that is part of our calling, is to pray that these signs and wonders that they were performing, that they would happen among us, but it would lead to people coming into kingdom, that Jesus would be glorified. It's not about the church. It's not about us. It's about him. And isn't there one thing the Holy Spirit likes to do more than anything else? And that's to show Jesus. To show Jesus in our lives. To show Jesus in the works that we do. That's what God desires for us. And though we might be small, we might not have many of us here. Remember, there was only a few when when it started in Jerusalem. And see what God did among them. And it's the same God. It's the same God that, that Abraham spent time with. It's the same God that led the people out of the wilderness. It's the same God that Paul the Apostle um, spoke of. It's the same God. He hasn't changed. He doesn't get older. He doesn't get weaker. What happens sometimes is our faith gets less. But God would say, expect great things of me. Expect me to do great things. Take the risks that you have, have been been so reluctant to do, take the risk and watch me work and see what I do through that. Let's pray. Father, when we look at your word, when we see what you did in the past, how you took that group of men, those, that group of men who were at one time hiding away, Lord, and you poured your spirit upon them and you gave them boldness. 
that even when they were threatened or even when their lives were threatened, they didn't hide away in a corner, but they still proclaimed the truth. When they were told not to talk about the resurrection of Jesus, they spoke about it even more. And they did it under the noses of the authority. Lord, we pray that that us as a church would have that boldness, that we as individuals would have that holy boldness, that you would give us the, the tongues to speak, Lord, and that you would help us to overcome those things that stop us, Lord. Father, we pray against the powers of darkness that would seek to keep us quiet by insidiously telling us that we're not good enough when we know that we have everything in Jesus because of what he did for us. Lord, we ask that we would have that faith that we need, that you would empower us, Lord, with that faith we need. Lord, we know that we can't do anything of ourselves but Christ in us. Lord, Christ in us, we know that we can do it through him. And we give you thanks, Lord. And we ask as we go through this week that you would give us those opportunities that when we meet people who are hard, that you would give us those opportunities, even if it's just to pray for them and to bring them before you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be stirring us constantly, showing us those who you're dealing with and showing us how to pray for them, Lord, that we would see your glory come, that we would see the name of Jesus lifted high. Amen.